Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. A lot of really warm comments coming in about the late gay burn. Chaz says, I got to meet him at the University Concert Hall in Limerick a few years ago. A pure gentleman, may he rest in peace. Caroline says, a legend. I used to love the memories of him doing the toy show with my sisters when we were younger. Hashtag great memories. June says... Pure gentleman, may he rest in peace. Condolences to his family and friends. And says, rest in peace, Gabo. I loved listening to Gay on Lyric FM every Sunday afternoon. Condolences to Kathleen and the family. And uh, Bridget says, so sad. May you rest in peace, Gay. You will be greatly missed. A true legend. Um, so sad to hear this news, says uh, Mary. An absolute gentleman. Um, and another says, a great presenter. He made the Late Late Show. May he rest in peace. And lots more along those lines uh, coming in on Live 95's Facebook page and uh, in other ways as well. Um, and um, he was rarely caught out, as Hamory said, on the air, on TV or radio. But his very last Late Late Show, well, it took a pretty serious bunch of operators uh, with a, a pretty serious gift to do it to him. This is from us to you as a gift. From who to me? From you two to you. You're having me, you're having me on now. <laughs> this is a guy. That's pretty good. I would be, I would be, I would be frightened out of my life to take off on that. Bono, No, you speak. wouldn't. You're supposed to sing a song. You <laughs> this is, this is, you're the wild one. And, uh, <laughs> that's about as wild as it that's about as wild as you can get. Come on, I can't cope with this. Don't be ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I know, Charlie. Well, there isn't well, one for everyone in the no, audience. It belongs to gay. Not one of these. There isn't one for everybody in the audience. That is ridiculous. So that's and yours. I'm quite sure you're gagging, but thank you for the lovely thought anyway. Well done. No, no, well, we're actually serious. <laughs> <laughs> we are actually serious. It's a very Elvis thing of us to do, isn't it, really? <laughs> a very, yeah. a very, a very, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I can't cope with this. The guys from uh, U2 was Harley Davidson, of course, and I think gain a great sport out of that in the years uh, following. Now, uh, broadcaster Michael McNamara, a.k.a. Mickey Mac, is with me in the studio. We're getting some Limerick perspective on Gabo as well this morning. You're welcome. Good morning. Morning, Joe. Um, love that, that in itself, but I mean, it was only one example. The, the man was at the centre of so many great moments, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and he was... Um, he had never an agenda. I always felt about Gay Byrne... Always ahead, though. Always ahead. Uh, I think, um, what's it, Mary McAleese last night said, you know, he, he was ahead of us all. He was always thinking ahead. And you must remember, Joe, that, you know, Terry Wogan, Eamon Andrews, Gay Byrne, they, there must have been something in the water. Like, produced three world leaders. Uh, gay adored Eamon Andrews. And it's a guy that we forget about, but he was a wonderful boxing and football commentator at the BBC and did This Is Your Life. And I remember there's quite an iconic thing of, of Eamon Andrews doing a reverse This Is Your Life with Gay. Really? And the stairs on YouTube. I found it last night, yeah. you know. So, I mean, you know, and there was no degrees or courses. There wasn't even a course in media. I mean, think about it. And yet... I mean, I, I had the pleasure of um, meeting Gay for the first time. Um, the first gig I got on Radio Air, and this is now just before 2FM started, I was in my early 20s, was a programme that went out after um, Mike Murphy's 
morning show where you used to be slagging off the Ellis Road. You remember that show? And then the Gay Burn Hour. And there was a music programme there in the middle and it was presented by Vincent Hanley, a late colleague of mine from my 2FM days. But they asked me to do it for four weeks to start me off, you see. And I, I remember staying at the Montrose Hotel and saying, look, come down to the station at around, around half eight. You'll be on at nine. And of course, I could, didn't sleep a wink. Went down to RTE, into, into Montrose. I always remember walking down from the Montrose Hotel, down to Nutley, into uh, the radio centre. And guess who I see to add to all my tension but gay locking his car all and I said I'm going to will I will I shy away from it I should keep walking this is what the plan was and he said good morning that's exactly what he said to me and walked in with me and he more or less was all like what are you here for and I said actually I'm doing uh, the program before your program you know uh, this is my first time ever doing a gig on, on radio and I'm, I'm actually very 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 nervous and I'll always remember <laughs> I, I always remember he said look my advice to you now is give them what they want. Play a bit of Blondie, he said. You know, play the Electric Light Orchestra. Like, this was probably 1978, you know. But, you know, it wasn't it just like the man who sort of... And that was his, that was his mantra. Give them, give them what he wants. So, of course... Um, and that particular morning, I remember the producer coming to me and saying, look, you know, the best of luck. Don't worry about it. Just think of one person. And Joe... There was only one radio programme in the country. Like, there was a million people tuned in. And I remember him telling me, as we get to about 10 to 10, this is when I'm doing fine. He says, you've nearly 1.4 million getting ready to listen to gay. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> awesome figures when we look back on it today, you know. We'll, we'll just have to jog everyone's memory, including yours with... Yes. Michael, there are people that mm. won't mean very much to, but there are loads of people uh, that will mean a huge amount to that particular signature tune. Of course, and straight away he'd have his little one-liner and he'd be into the papers. And I remember watching him prepare for the radio show. I went in for the whole hour. He, he, you know, he would spend about two hours upstairs and then he'd go downstairs into Studio 5 and he would spend the whole hour working on the opening links, exactly how I'm going to do it. He also, in those days, of course, he wasn't allowed to put on the records. So we had to plan exactly with his disc man outside the glass, you know, and I'm going to take that break. And please, and he'd be paranoid about this. He said, do not crash me. Like, do not put it on until I give you the hand signal, you know. And I mean, it was very difficult for, I mean, he was a jock, a DJ, really, yeah. who became a good presenter. Yeah. Very difficult for Joe uh, for a, a guy like this to deal with a man putting the records on outside the glass. <laughs> what was his genius, though? Um, I think his genius was he was... Um, he had, I think, a natural instinct. That was the big thing he had. And as a, like yourself as a broadcaster, you know, we, we like to analyse legends like Gay and Terry Wogan and, and some of the great broadcasters today. It's a natural instinct. He knew what he was at. He was very confident. I, I think he was he was brought up, I'd say, you know, to, to get the best out of himself. You know, they, they, they were pretty a working-class family, you know, with a dynamic mother who sort of made sure that uh, he went to elocution, 
But I think he was probably spending his hours listening to, to, to Eamon Andrews. I mean, Eamon Andrews was his hero. And that piece where he, Eamon Andrews is doing it, this is your life, and you can see the awe of Gay looking at Eamon Andrews. Um, Gay's, Gay had this natural instinct. You know, he, he, he always was in touch with what was happening. He was able one minute to interview Jerry Adams and then go complete fluffy with uh, uh, somebody like... Uh, um, uh, one of the one, 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 one of the um, one of the stars from 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 the soaps, you know, and uh, Billy Connolly. You can have Billy Connolly one moment and Jerry Adams the next. And he loved Meryl Streep, didn't he? And he Mer- loved Meryl oh, Streep. Yeah. You know, he loved a... he loved Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, that's right. Some uh, iconic interviews there. And do you do you think I, I was just wondering about this at the start of the show this morning? Has there been anyone better than Gay? I don't think there has. You know, I really, if you go through, and if you go through the, 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 the RTE stable, right, I mean, you know, and you look at, you look at people like Pat Kenny and you look at Brian Turberty and you look at Ray Darcy, I think they would all admit if they were here that they, you know, I think Turberty is doing quite well at the moment. I have to say to give Turberty his due, he, he's maturing into a fine, fine broadcaster. And I mean, he, I'm beginning to look at the Late Late Show myself again because it's very good. Um, but I think that he would be... Um, I, I think Jerry Ryan had the potential but wasn't minded properly. Jerry Ryan was a very bright guy, very intelligent guy, but he didn't have the nya that Gay had. I think what? Gay had the nya. What's this, that now? This is a kind of a natural kind of, I know what's happening and I know it's time to fill, kill this interview and move on. Right. And to be able to be comfortable, to use a different type of accent or presence with certain people and with other people be able to be more formal, less formal. He was able to adapt himself to the moment because he had a natural instinct. Almost like a chameleon in ways. Exactly. That is it. And I mean, you know, you look at other, even look at the top guys in the BBC like Parkinson. I think Wogan had that as well. And I think Irish people have it, you know. And why did Wogan do so well? And why does Graham Norton do so well? Because they have this Irish Irish instinct. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking about it in the context of you know even even in sport you know there yeah. there are some people who let's say play midfield in soccer mm, mm. and they have specific skills and yeah. very rarely but occasionally mm, mm. you get the all rounder who becomes great because he or she is good at a lot of things. I mean, there were probably better current affairs presenters than Gay. There were better sports broadcasters than Gay. But he seemed to have a range, you know, an ability across And he had a wonderful knowledge of English. I mean, here's a guy that never sat in a university, Joe. Mm. And, you know, and you're probably like me, I'm always looking for presenters and newsreaders to fluff the pronunciation of something or to use the word like presently incorrectly or disinterested incorrectly, you know. Take presently, for example. Gay had that always right, you know. You never, ever caught Gay out with a grammatical problem, you know. And people say his finest hour wasn't the Annie Murphy interview. But then other people will say that he did have tremendous respect in, a, in an amazing way for, for, for Eamon Casey and for Charlie Hawhey. I mean, this is the thing about him. He, he, he had great time for both of them. And I think that day he let the shield down. That was the, that was the only time that you could ever point your finger and say, yeah, you got that wrong, gay. Yeah. And the other thing you were saying to me off the air, and it's a yeah. really good point, of course, is that like everybody, he had things going on in his life. You yes. know, um, he had family at home, rearing mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. the support of Kathleen, all of that yeah. stuff. And then he was hit 
in the midst of his career by a terrible financial problem, personally, wasn't he? He, he was diddled out of, I think, most of his savings He at was, the time. And, and I had heard the story that, that he, he was badly paid, of course, in RTE because they wouldn't give him a job, a, a permanent job. They wanted to keep him on his toes. Initially, they didn't, call, they didn't want to call the, the gay burn hour the gay burn hour. You know, they wanted to call it the mid-morning program presented by Gayburn, just in case it got too big for himself. And um, so he had he used to do an awful lot of gigs, like opening supermarkets, bopping around the country. And I suppose he was trying to save up for, for the rainy day. And then he was done. But he gave, gave uh, I think he gave a, a kind of um, a, a permission to sign to Russell Murphy. I mean, this is all documented. And then he's supposed to have got a few bar back and lost it again in the crash, you know? So, I mean, it's so sad. It is. And and the other thing I wonder, you know, you, I think, last came across him in March, was it? I did, yes, in March, yes, yes. He was at Larry's, Larry, Larry Gogan's, uh, the final day he he worked at at 2FM, we had a big going away. That day he was shook in that he wanted to sit down. You, he didn't want it. You went over, you spoke to him, and he had plenty of time for everybody, but he was quite shook that day. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that he was content? Because um, somebody was saying earlier, you know, he, he had his insecurities, even work-wise. Mm. Do you think, do you think he, he looked back and said, yeah, I, you know, I did it. I, I delivered everything that my hard work and my talent could I think everybody in broadcasting is insecure. You're worried about the next book. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. I mean, that goes with the territory. But no, I, I think that, that Gay Gay was, um, I think as a person, he was, he, he, he knew that there were challenges. He, he wasn't afraid of anybody. Um, he wasn't afraid of the Sunday papers, you know. Um, he was, he, you know, he went, he did things that were terribly controversial in the 60s, like you know, the nighty, the famous case of the nighty and the bishop. You know, he asked, he asked somebody, what did you wear the night you got, you got, <laughs> got married? And the bishop didn't like it. Oh, my God, the program was going to be t- taken off. I mean, how many times I've said to the RTE authority, you have to sit down and say, God, will we cancel this program? The, the, the Catholic Church are very unhappy with it, you know? Yeah. But I think he was, the, not only was he the soundtrack to, 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 to the generation, the 50s, 60s, 70s, but I think he was the mole centre. I mean, he actually set the agenda for modern Ireland. And would you go so far as to say, we won't see his like again? I can't. I can't see it. And it proves one thing, that it's a... You, you, you're born with it, you know? You're born with it. And I love watching some of the great stars in the BBC, you know, and people in the political world and the way and the, such respect for so many of them. And, you know, you look at some of the great people on, 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 on RT. You look at Claire Byrne. I actually think Claire Byrne has it, you know, being honest with you. You know, she's, she's a person that to me really has it, you know. Mm-hmm. I think she could, because I think she's got very, very comfortable instinct as well. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And finally, would he, as the song says, you know, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Would he have made it in the States? Would he have made it in the UK? I know he, he did yeah. to an extent, but yeah, he, yeah. you know. I think he would definitely. Oh, yes, the Irish. He'd have the, the Woganism about him, you know. I, I think probably maybe the biggest regret that he didn't stay and, 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 and follow Wogan. I think he would have done as well as Wogan. Do you? I do, I do. Because, because that was the, the most interesting dilemma, wasn't it? And mm. it probably is what ultimately prompted Terry Wogan to go across the water, didn't he? Because Gay was the man. Yeah, he, he said in his yeah. book that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be Gay Byrne. So. But then, of course, <laughs> Terry goes over goes to Radio 2 and <laughs> the breakfast show and uh, I'm sure then uh, Gay driving into work listening to Radio 2 said mm, 
I'd love that gig. 11 million listeners. <laughs> All right, listen, I, I always love chatting about, about broadcasting with you. It's great. And thank you for your memories. It was nice that you saw him so recently as yes, well. Indeed. And yes, indeed, indeed. May, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Call Limerick today now on 461995.